you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Welcome back, my mindful mamas. Today, I'm sharing some of my best tips on how to stay calm when your kids melt down in public or on vacations. So recently, at the time of shooting this, we just came back from our first party of five weekender in North Jersey. We didn't go too far. We wanted to kind of test it out, see how traveling with five would be. And Sahana has never really broken her schedule. She's always just been in the house because of COVID. And so was nervous and kind of curious to see how things would go. The boys absolutely love staying at hotels. They think it's such a treat. So I wasn't so concerned with them, but we actually, um, we had so many free nights that we've accumulated over the last two years. So we didn't stay at any fancy hotel, but we stayed at the Renaissance and we actually got two adjoining rooms. So one king room for Sahana and I, we took our guava lotus pack and play. And then uh, we had a double room for the boys. And for me, energetically, I know that traveling is rough. I am more have a tendency of vata imbalance, which means that travel, getting out of my routine is taxing on my body, uh, not having regular food and just the types of outside food. And there's being around a lot of energy of different people being on top of each other in the same room. It's a lot for me energetically. And just on top of like all the overstimulation because you're on a trip, right? There's a lot of people and you have to wait for meals and it's just a uprooting of everyone's routine. So for me, it's part of not being in control that creates some anxiety and tension, but also just the new environment. And not all people are like that. Some people are really kava-based or pitha-based and they're just strong in their digestion, strong in their ability to pivot and be in new surroundings and new situations and not get dysregulated. But my tendency is that we all have some form of dysregulation, whether we get hangry, whether we get overwhelmed in too many people in public places, we have something that will make us go disarray. And if it's not that, when you're traveling with kids, uh, they're very prone to getting dysregulated because of sensory overload. They're off the routine and just many, many different scenarios that come in play when we have skip naps and just all the things that you know that can lead to going over the edge and getting dysregulated and having meltdowns. So how do we handle that when we're in public? And I wanted to share that this has been a growing journey for me because it took me a long time to realize that I myself am so energetically sensitive to traveling without feeling guilty. I'm like, why is everybody else like they can travel and they're fine and I don't feel like the best. And I thought, wow, am I like not a spontaneous fun person? And that's not the case. Everybody's nervous system responds to these kinds of stressors differently. And so I want to talk a little bit about how I've managed this. I feel like out of all the trips, I mean, it's been a long time since I traveled anywhere. I really did a very good job. I'm so proud of myself of being able to handle the meltdowns. Of course, I felt moments of irritation, that surge of energy, uh, but I didn't snap. I didn't lose it. I didn't 
have a reaction to it. Let's put it that way. I was able to pause. Um, there were certain occasions that I caught myself that I had a tone that was a little raised, but it wasn't snippy. I didn't say anything that I later regretted. And that's huge for me because we can so easily fall into that knee jerk pattern of snapping back when we're dysregulated. And will all trips be like this? Maybe not. Do I think that I've definitely moved in the trajectory of going in the right direction? I think so. And I feel very confident sharing the tools that have worked for me in hopes that it can help you now that you may be traveling again. I mean, we're still in a pandemic, but COVID has kind of slowed down a little bit. I do sense that we're going to be traveling a little bit more this summer. So let's talk about just recognizing first off that we can't control our kids and their behavior. We can't control our own dysregulation to a certain degree when we feel sensory overload. But I'm always in a state of learning how to control the environment as best as possible. And that to me is constantly being vigilant in what kind of state I am, my nervous system state, and what state my kids are. And I kind of break it down into a red brain, green brain, yellow brain thing. And it's constantly being aware, like, am I in a red, green, or yellow brain state? Red brain being totally have lost it, dysregulated, snapping, knee jerk, like it's been there. It's like there. Yellow is like when you need to be mindful, like you're irritated, maybe you're annoyed, maybe you're on edge. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe your expectations are not being met because your kid's having a meltdown and you can feel that pressure build up in you. Being aware of when you're in yellow brain is crucial so that you can do the resets so that you don't just oscillate into red brain really quickly because going from yellow to red brain is very, very quick if we get a bout of sensory overload all at once. Um, and then knowing when you're in green brain, when you're balanced, when you're in flow, when you're able to listen, when you're playful, when you're happy, when you're smiling, when you're enjoying your vacation. Um, and then that's the same thing with your kids. That's really important so that you know how to manage when they're in yellow brain, when they're whining, when they're tired, when they're naggy, when they're on the urge, they're t- they potentially are going to get hungry or tired. Um, when they're, when you say no, and they're just going to lose it, when you know that they're on their edge, um, maybe there's a skip nap that was involved. Be mindful that these are all things that are going to be sensitive. And then t- on top of that, the sensory overload, like we were at an amusement park. So Rian had a lot of meltdowns. He typically doesn't have so many consistent meltdowns. Of course, he's a kid that's a toddler. He does have his moments where he has meltdowns, but not as frequently as it was. And that had to do with me not giving him a nap the night before, sleeping a little bit later than usual because he was in a hotel, he was excited, then waking up early and not having a nap again, and then the noise and the people. Um, he wasn't in his full element. He enjoyed it to the best of his ability, um, but I was very vigilant that he was in yellow brain. I noticed that when we went to dinner, it was actually more quiet. The lights were off, um, and he did so much better at re-regulating himself after he ate, um, and the meltdowns did subside then. So expect the meltdowns because we're in situations that are out of our control, um, and you want to try to manage and control what you can in those circumstances to minimize the red brain moments. But 
you can't avoid it. It's the journey is not to avoid and stop all of them and hijack their emotional experience. It's better sometimes for them to get it out with us, you know, hijacking and getting upset at them so that, that the energy can flow out. And then hopefully they can return back to somewhat yellow or green balanced state. Green is simple. They're playful. They're smiling. They're happy. That's when they're the cute, lovable kids that you just like want to squeeze. And red brain is your meltdowns, like full on meltdowns. And you want to know that tantrums happen in yellow brain. Tantrums are when they don't get what they want. You say no, and then they start whining and nagging or for older kids, fine, whatever, like the eye rolling, uh, that's all yellow brain. And when you're traveling, you have to let some of that yellow brain go because first you're expecting it's going to happen. Like absolutely expect that there's no way around it. Um, but how do you make a moment of disagreement not turn into a moment of disconnection where there's a big blow up? And then we all have this expectation that, you know, we're busy, worked, tired, you know, we've been parenting for so long, especially with the pandemic, we want our vacations to be relaxing. And sometimes we view when these meltdowns happen as a sign that it's ruining our trip. It ruins the mood. It dampers everything. But when you start like expecting it, that these little snafuzzles are going to happen, you can tame your expectations, be more empathetic. When it happens, you're like prepared for it because you're like, ah, you're not like blindsided. You're like, oh, everything's going to be kumbaya and fine and nothing's going to go wrong. It's going to happen. And when you're expecting it, you're almost like that much more prepared to be compassionate and maybe even silent and let some of those eye rolls and things go because it's not that they're trying to be rude. It's their own dysregulation and that's how they're acting it out. So choose your battles wisely. That's especially when you're out and about because there's so many other variables and factors in play here that is not in our control. And so we really do have to be empathetic to that. The other big perspective shift that we have to make, especially when our child is in meltdown mode, if you get embarrassed, if you feel like nervous that people are going to judge you, or you think that your child's meltdown is a reflection of your parenting, there's a self-worth issue that you're tying into your child's behavior that's not fair to them. And it's not fair to you because you are creating a link that's a correlation that is not correct. Your child's behavior is not a reflection on you as a parent. It's a reflection of their brain state, where they're at and their ability to connect in survival, fight or flight, or are they in, connected into their higher brain, their prefrontal cortex, and they're in more of a balanced energetic state. It's just what energy state that they're in. Same with you when you're dysregulated. It's just when you're on edge, there's a surge of too much energy. You are hyper, you are restless, you're flighty. There's too much energy in you. And if you feel tired, fatigued, you know, sad, upset, shameful, guilty, this is low energy emotions. And so you just want to be able to look at it at face value without the the gossip and the commentary and the judgment that comes from your head. The, the mind like fl- flourishes on the, the stories and making it juicy and judgment and feeling and taking things personally and, you know, how dare they, right? And some of that is the physiological patterns that we have that triggers us of how we think, take things personally when we feel disrespected or rejected or when someone speaks to 
to us in a tone that we find disrespectful. One of the biggest things that you have to remember is that we're all sensitive when we're in public places. So if you find that you snapping so easily, one of the things you want to remember is loud sounds is very triggering. When we are dysregulated in yellow or even in red brain on the teetering into red brain, our hearing changes. It means that we are primed to only hear low level sounds. So anything louder than a low pitch registers in our brain as danger. So when you hear the whining and the screaming, that's why we immediately react without even a second thought because our brain is seeing it as a red flag, like an alarm going off at a fire station that there's danger and there's an emergency. And that's why we immediately get defensive and react and like are this tiger responding back and we want to just be very mindful of the sound so i share a lot that i use these noise cancellation buds and i use them in my day-to-day life but i had one in especially when we were out and about always have one. If you put two in, you're not going to be able to hear anything, but you put one in and it really muffles out the sound. And that can give you enough space to pause. Like, yes, you feel the intensity of the emotion of like your child yelling back or melting down, but it's not going to trigger that immediate automatic autopilot response to like be fury, furyful back, right? And to just rear out your your um, anger right back at them. So that really helped me a lot. And I talk a lot about the Apollo Neuro, which is a stress relief wearable that sends signals to your nervous system through these gentle vibrating touches and pulses that helps regulate you. I was wearing it the whole time I was on my trip. I've been wearing it consistently every day for four months, but this is the first trip that we, that I've been on that I wore it and Chirag had his on. I took Ayans, but I was nervous that if he was going to take rides that it would fall off. So he didn't wear it much. Um, but, and he was feeling sick. If you follow my stories, he threw up on the first day and, um, Rehan definitely had the meltdowns their first day. So there was a lot of things like he was just low energy anyways. Um, so he didn't really give me much of a hard time, um, because he wasn't feeling well, but anyways, this is the first time I wore my Apollo and this was a game changer. You know, if you're consistently using the Apollo, I was down regulating myself. Anytime I felt overwhelmed by the sound and the noise and the lights, um, the roller coasters, I was like, going over my head was a lot for me. Uh, and I think that was probably the most dysregulating sound. And I had that in when we were sitting underneath, um, we're waiting for a rehun and a ride. And I had it in my ears because it was loud. And I actually have taught Ayan, he's almost seven, that, you know, those headphones that they have, like if it's ever too loud for him to put the headphones on. And I learned this actually at home and after our trip. And I was like, you know what? We always like on flying trips, take those. Um, But instead of having like them being, you know, being on their iPod, iPads, iPods, really like iPods are like so obsolete now, Um, iPads, when they could just put those big headphones on if it's ever too loud to muffle out the sound, even at home, which is a great thing for kids if you notice that they're sensitive to sounds. Um, I also really like the fact with Apollo, like for sleep, 
um, to help get good regulated sleep. And I did notice a difference that I was able to downregulate myself much easier. And that and that's probably contributed to the fact of why I didn't snap or lose it or get reactive. Like I was able to pause and breathe and be like this battle, I'm letting go this eye roll. I'm letting go. It's not a big deal. Um, I was able to also know like when Ayan was upset, I could sense like, He's like, I didn't get anything from Nickelodeon toy-wise. And he saw a Toys R Us that had Playmobiles. And in my mind, I knew, understand, I was understanding that he was like inching at, like he wanted to get a Playmobil, but he didn't say it in those words. And then we were in a mall, like I couldn't stop and like talk to him. Um, And I let it go. And I let him just sit with the feeling. Sometimes it's okay for them to sit with disappointment. We're not here to always make them happy. And that's okay. And in that moment, I chose not to like sit down and have a conversation and help understand like what I might've done at home when we're in the quietness and like the safety of our home. It was just in the moment. And sometimes they have to learn to just deal with those fluctuations of emotions. And lo and behold, he did get over it. Like it wasn't a big deal. Um, We didn't have to have a conversation. He just read through it. So that's okay too. Sometimes like you don't have to address every single thing that happens on a trip, right? Because it's part of their dysregulation that sometimes these emotions are coming out. And another big thing I talk a lot about human design is that if you know your child's human design, if they're emotional versus non-emotional, like Ayan is an emotional. So he will have emotional waves all the time, every time, any day of the week. And you'll be like, where did that emotion come from? So sometimes you just have to let it go and let them ride the emotion without interjecting. Whereas Rihan is a non-emotional. doesn't mean that he doesn't feel emotions. All his emotions are conjured up by circumstances and basically um, feeling and absorbing the emotions of others. So there's a lot of times when Ayan is dysregulated and he's like upset, Rihan automatically absorbs that. And that's kind of how I am too. Like generally cool, calm and collected, balanced, but then you are easily can absorb and then you manifest out like the intensity of someone's emotions they might be feeling it at a two you feel it at as a six like you're so empathic that you feel it much more strongly in your body so even knowing your child if they're an emotional or non-emotional is really good so you are aware of the patterns and you can learn that go to myhumandesign.com by jenna zoe and you can get your free chart your kids free chart i have the app and that's where i got everybody's charts and it's easy for me to see what their profiles and things are. So when we talk about not caring about other people, what they think when our child is melting down and really entering into the world, crouching down to their level and really kind of filtering out the noise, I'll tell you about a specific instance when Ayan was two and a half, three years old. And it was the first time that he really skipped his nap. We were traveling. We went to Disney. It was all day. And then we got on a flight to go to North Carolina. The flight was delayed. And again, he never really skips his nap. And he had one of the biggest meltdowns. And it was one of those situations where the plane was circulating in the air and we were delayed and it was close to like 10 o'clock at night and the cabin lights were all dimmed and it was just him screaming. Everyone was quiet. It was like a parent's worst nightmare. And the air hostess kept coming to me and and she was like a 20 something year old. You need to make sure that your son is sitting in their own seat. He's buckled in and he was completely losing it. And to me, like I was flustered already and I was nervous 
And I felt like everybody was like allies on me, you know, and she was just making it worse. And she would keep coming back and like giving me these stern faces. There was no compassion or empathy. And she's probably not a mom. So she didn't have any compassion or empathy. And it was like to the point that I was getting frustrated because she kept pointing out that he's not sitting in his chair and I was trying and there's like nothing I could do. Finally, he just passes out and he's like on me and she's like, well, he really needs to sit in the seat. And I look at her and I'm like, you know, if I could get him to sit in the seat, I would, but I'm not waking him up and I'm not going to sue your airline if something happens and because he's not wearing his seatbelt. And every time she would come by, I would just close my eyes and pretend I was sleeping. And he literally passed out like he was like dead weight. And when the Cabot lights went on and right in front of us, there was a grandma and she turned around and she said, you did so well. I have grandkids around the same age as your son. And if this was, if they were in this position, they would have absolutely had a meltdown too. She's like, pay no attention to that air hostess. She doesn't have any kids. It is tough and you did great. And that to me was like everything, the stranger. And I like was teary eyed and I'm so grateful to her for that. And so many times on flights with Ayan, there were so many like men even like, oh, you can change this diaper here. We totally know. I have grown kids. We know what it is like, you know, very understanding. And, um, you know, Ayan was sleeping. He was dead weight, like I said. So I was carrying him and I was waiting outside um, the terminal for truck to get the stroller. There was a young couple, again, in their 20s, a boyfriend and girlfriend. And um, the boy's like, I heard this. He's like, oh, that was the baby that was crying and I heard the girlfriend's like well yeah he's a baby of course he's crying and it's late and I was just like looking at her and I was like oh my gosh like thank you so much you know like for sticking up but I realized at that point that people who are not moms will not understand and people who are dysregulated already the sound of a baby crying will further dysregulate them and that's why they'll give you like these mean faces because they themselves are dysregulated so any loud sound is being registered as a threat and so now I'm don't care if other people are dysregulated and they are affected by it right? Everybody's own regulation is on them. And I focus on staying as calm and mindful as possible so I can be present and to be able to come up with solutions for my child. And I really block out the noise because the reality is if you're not a mom, you don't know. And your opinion doesn't matter to me. So I think that's really important of really I find like if I don't come to you for criticism and you're So this is my litmus test. Like if I don't come to you for advice when I need advice, your criticism doesn't make a difference to me. And that's strangers. Like our, their opinion of our situation or passing judgment or whatever, giving us dirty looks, that doesn't register to me because I wouldn't go to you for advice about anything. So your criticism means nothing too. And I think that's a really important perspective to keep to filter out the noise when we're out in public and meltdowns and disagreements and your kids are being loud. um, And those things will happen. Some of the tips that I use that help me um, is the ear pods, like I mentioned, to 
cancel out the noise, the Apollo Neuro to help me regulate myself throughout the day, um, to try my best to get good sleep. Now, I know for me that when everyone is one room, I get overstimulated, I need space, I can't have that constant noise and that overstimulation. So like I said, we got two rooms this time and as a party of five, that's probably what we're going to do. But sometimes that's not the reality. If you're a family of four, getting two rooms is not the option, right? Just financially or just, you know, the hotel doesn't offer that. Um, So just be mindful if that's something that you get triggered by, make sure you're taking showers because that's going to be your alone time to reset your energy and to um, recalibrate. So take your showers. I make sure that I drink a lot of water because I want to flush out any, any energy that I'm picking up, making sure you always have healthy snacks. We make sure we have snacks for our kids, but healthy snacks are key. You don't want to be eating garbage because that's going to affect how you process energy. And it's easy to get dysregulated when we don't have good food or put in our system. Um, and when you're hungry, you get hangry because that activates fight or flight. Basically we don't feel safe because And the survival mode gets activated and that's why we feel hangry because our body is registering it as danger that we don't have enough nutrients, our blood sugar could be falling, Um, we could have our own health issues that get triggered by low blood sugar. So we just want to make sure that we're eating healthy foods. I don't naturally drink alcohol and I know that people... I'll go on vacations to drink alcohol because it's a point of relaxation. So I'm not going to have a conversation about that, but just be mindful that alcohol drains your energy. You are going to be less likely to stay regulated and in your higher state of mind because alcohol does affect your brain and it will affect your ability to be patient. And a lot of times I remember when I did used to drink you know, you want to just enjoy that glass of wine. And then your child is at dinner also melting down and you're like, I just want to relax. And it's like more of a stressful thing. So just be mindful of the way that you consume alcohol. Is it to enhance the experience? Are you feeling relaxed already? Are you feeling tired and drained? You're like, oh my God, I need that drink. Just be mindful of the reason why you're drinking um, because it's not going to relax you. If you were drinking in a way like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so stressed, it's going to probably further dysregulate you and make you more impatient when something unexpected happens, especially with your kids if they melt down. So just be mindful of that. And you can't control everything, like I said, but those are the things that I just make sure that I'm constantly hydrated, eating healthy foods, having snacks when needed, My like being mindful of making sure I'm not super overstimulated um, and taking breaks when needed. Take your showers, do your deep breathing. Of course, I live with deep breathing. So anytime I needed to regulate myself, I was grounding myself. And just remember that don't let a bad moment ruin your mood and turn into a bad day. You can keep moving and you don't want that really tough emotion to just create this form of disconnection where then everybody just is like in a bad foul mood. Let things happen as they will. You know, it's things are going to happen. Like I said, like Ayan threw up, we still made the most of it. He didn't go on any rides, but it is what it is, right? It's the experience and you try your best to get the most out of it. I mean, we're notorious to bring rain everywhere we go. So rain doesn't phase me. I like almost expect that wherever we go, it's going to rain. Um, it's rained like everywhere, like 
trips, honeymoons, like wedding day. Like I just, I'm not phased anymore. So like if something like that unexpected would like ruin your mood, just pivot and adapt and yeah, it sucks. Acknowledge it, but there's a way to make the best time and the best use of that time together. And I look at it as like, this is what it was destined to be, right? Like this is the experience that it was destined to have. So I'm either going to fight it and have expectations, or I'm just going to flow with it. And flow is always more beneficial. It's more aligned. You will be more in your green brain state and you will make more memories. So I really hope this serves you well. I talk a lot about um, managing meltdowns and tantrums in my private coaching. If you're struggling with that. I have some podcast episodes on that. If you need help regulating your own stress, you know that I have my one-on-one coaching. You can reach out to me about that by emailing me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. I really hope this benefited you. If it did, please share it with your friends, share it on Instagram, leave a review on Apple podcast. I would be so, so thankful to you so that other moms can get this advice as well. Have a great one guys. Love you. Bye. If you've been loving the time and talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful. If you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple podcast. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven day stress detox course. All you got to do is screenshot your review before you submit it, email it to me at Thajal at thajalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools. Anytime I feel impatient, angry, frustrated and I come to them almost every single day and I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too and if you haven't purchased the meditation for kids book definitely do so now you can purchase it anywhere you buy books Amazon Barnes and Nobles Target IndieBound BAM and you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the meditation for kids masterclass course if you're a complete beginner and learning how to teach meditation to your kids this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.